From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Psalms of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up uh, with Jeremy showing forth Wednesday, Survivor Night, Wednesday, October 10th, 2018. It's the fantasy and betting portion of our show. And uh, we're going to start with a non-betting fantasy thing with Danny Flicka. Good evening, sir. Um, Because the first game we're going to talk about is is the Thursday night game. Eagles-Giants, where the uh, Eagles are three-point favorites on the road. What is up with the NFC East? It's a weird division. It seems like every single team has something really majorly wrong with them, but there's like nothing that's intimidated that would pick them, right? You got Dallas, who has been anemic on offense, and the defense is playing in over a 10, but they can't score more than... 20 points on any given day. They have no imagination on offense at all. And uh, last week, they were lucky to get to overtime. I just think that that group has gotten stale with, with Garrett and his staff. Uh, you know, Garrett Jones doesn't really help things out. I think I saw something yesterday or today where he came out and said the Cowboys have had a number one wide receiver in years. Well, yeah. that's kind of an issue, right? In this, in this day and age, you got to have one. So, um, I thought Des Bryant was pretty good back when he was with Romo, so um, they were always more explosive with, with those guys on the team, but, you know, they have to fix something. I don't know what it is. You know, they're a 7-9, 8-8 team at best. You know, Washington, I don't know what to make of them. They got their butts kicked in New Orleans, but I think that was a tough spot for them to go to. But even them on offense, you know, they were driving a decent amount in that game and they couldn't score touchdowns and, you know, they ended up getting beat pretty bad. You got the Eagles that have a lot of the pieces back from last year but offensively just can't seem to get it going for whatever reason, whether it's Wentz not back 100% yet, they've had a lot of injuries, you know, to their running backs and, uh, you know, Jeffrey just came back two weeks ago, this will be his third game. You know, they just don't seem to be able to complement each other like they did last year. And uh, as innovative as Peterson was maybe last year, you know, we're not seeing the same innovativeness that we're seeing from Andy Reid in Kansas City and Philly. So, uh, you know, they've gotten kind of stale. Their defense is still pretty good. But, again, you can only play good defense for so long with this, the way the NFL is nowadays that you're not scoring 25 points and 30 points a game. It's tough to win. And then... You got the Giants, you know, my, my lovely Giants that just, I don't know what they have to do to win a game, but whatever it is that they're doing, it's not happening for them. You know, they, you know I've watched every game. To me, they played their asses off in every single game. You know, they had a tough break against Jacksonville. They only lost by a couple points. They went to Dallas. They got thoroughly out game planned and, you know, in the trenches and, and lost that one pretty handily, but they still fought. Uh, they went to Houston, won that game pretty handily. They were the better team that day. Had the Saints, you know, the defense puts up a good performance for about three quarters, but the offense can't supplement them. And then last week, again, their defense fights their asses off. It's a couple of calls here and there that maybe should go the other way. Their offense looks to finally put some points on the board with some creative plays and some big plays by Odell and Saquon in the fourth quarter, and uh, they lose on a 63-yard field goal. So, it's up for grabs in the NFC East. I think, the, you know, I think whoever wins on Thursday is going to have a pretty good track to to winning the NFC East. And I'm not saying that just because it's my team that's playing. I'm saying that because after that game, you know, the Giants could be sitting at one-on-one in the division with a, you know, 
some good matchups coming up. If you're the Eagles, I think that's their first divisional game. They're going to be 1-0 in the division with a 3-4 record or 3-3 record, whatever they have. And uh, you still have the whole season left in front of you. So I think Thursday's game is really important because, you know, if you're the Eagles, you're going to be 2-4 tied with the Giants. The Cowboys and Redskins by the end of the week, and then after that, it's going to be a free for all for whatever team beats up on on the others. So I think it's an important game, even though it might not seem like it. The uh, the the Jerry Jones part um, reminded me of of what John Gruden keeps saying about needing a number one pass rusher. You let Khalil Mack go. What are you doing? You know, football's such a weird and the personalities involved with it are just so entrenched all the time in what they're doing that, you know, when you're trying to build a team or you're building an organization or, or anything, you're always going to be short-sighted and be like, well, the way I've done it is work. So why isn't it working now? And, you know, I've done it with this way or that way. And we, we find in, in any business that if you're not innovative and if you're not able to adjust to the times that you're in or be creative that you're going to fall by the wayside and you're going to put the people that you that work for you in a precarious situation. So, you know, the Raiders are what they are. They stink, and they didn't look to be that good even if Mac was going to be there. Um, and, and the Cowboys invested so heavily in that offensive line and they got them to certain points, but then they ignored their defense for a long time. They ignored their wide receiver position for a long time. They ignored tight end for a long time. And... Like I, I thought, you know, Dak Prescott looked good his rookie year, but it's progressively gotten worse and worse. And I don't know if that's him or the, the offensive scheme that he's in, but, you know, there's a situation where they might have to rehaul the entire skill set position this summer because I don't know what it is they're going to find in the next couple of weeks that's going to make you say, okay, the Cowboys are a team that's going to be able to win the playoffs. All right, so let me uh, dovetail into, into what we usually do this way. Is there anybody on the Cowboys who you'd continue to have on your fantasy team? And you, you have to have Ezekiel Elliott. He's their entire team, right? He's the one that yeah. you get in the ball 20 to 25 times a game. And that offensive line is so good enough to, to get it going. And even though they have a tough matchup this week, you got to leave him in there because who else is going to produce for them? I, I don't see anybody else on that roster that's worth having because you just don't know what you're going to get outside the numbers from that team. So, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's the only guy I'm rolling with. And if their defense is a favorable matchup one week, then, yeah, you can stream them. But, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's the only guy I, I'd be rolling with. Washington, anybody on there that, that you want on your fantasy team? You know, they have some, some decent players there. You know, Jordan Reed definitely has performed this year. I, I don't know what his role is, if he's healthy or not. You know, he's somebody that if you have better options, you're playing. But Titans so weak, so I don't know who you're going to go with there. Chris Thompson continues to be an all-purpose back for them, running, catching. You know, he does a little bit of everything for you. So, you know, he's always been one of my favorite fantasy players just because of his versatility on the field. Um, and now Smith isn't a bad streamer or quarterback option if you don't have anything else. You know, he, he manages the game. He doesn't turn the ball over too much. You know, the problem is he only has four touchdowns this year. So you're going to hope that the number spikes a little bit. But, um, you know, they need their, their wide receivers to get healthy, too. You know, they've invested a pick in Doxon, and he hasn't even played more than, like, 15 games in three years. So, um, you know, the Redskins, the cover's kind of thin there, too. But, you know, Alex Smith and Chris Thompson are still two guys they could probably roll out there every week. Which now brings us to this game on Thursday, Eagles-Giants. First, from a betting standpoint, are you interested in it? And then, fantasy-wise, who do you like? From a betting standpoint, no. Uh, I don't 
think I'm that interested in it. The Giants' defense has been pretty good all year against the pass. They do have trouble against the tight ends. But, you know, Dak Ertz is somebody that should have a good game. From a running back perspective, you know, they have Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement. You know, they're pretty versatile backs. So those are two guys that you could potentially see in a flex spot if you have a fancy, you know, matchup there that you like. And, uh, you know, Wentz still has to put it together. But, you know, he's, again, he's pretty solid that if you don't have any other options, you got to roll with him. But from a betting side of things, I'm not touching this game. I, I think it's a coin flip. The Giants usually do play the Eagles pretty tough. They're close games. It's a short week. Giants are home. Um, they're getting Vernon back, it looks like. Uh, you know, their offense typically performs pretty well against this Eagles defense. Um, you know, they, they put up the most points, against, I think, against Philly last year with that crappy-ass roster that they had. So uh, I'm staying away from this room of betting side of things. Um, all right, so now we move on uh, to our regular slate of, 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 of how we go about this, um, which is figuring out the biggest lines and, and the smallest lines. We have two huge lines. We have Minnesota 10-point favorites over the Cardinals and Green Bay 9.5-point favorites over San Francisco. Uh, do you like either of those games from a betting perspective? If I'm going to bet on those games, I'm taking the favorites. You know, Minnesota may have found their swag a little bit last week. You know, they they have produced offensively through the air, I think, better than any team this year. I know you have the Rams, you know, that have one of the best offenses in the league. But when you look at what Cousins and Diggs and Thielen have done through the air this year, and, um, you know, Thielen has the first wide receiver to start the year at 5,100-yard uh, games, I think it was. Uh they're pretty unstoppable when it comes to that, and Kirk Cousins seems to be worth what he was paid for. Um, and their defense stepped up big last week for them. You know, it was a tough win for them, and they gutted it out, and they had a good game. And uh, Arizona, they played well against San Francisco, a divisional game, but I think going to Minnesota, they may have found something last week. You know, I'd be laying uh, the points from Minnesota, taking them there, and then Green Bay at home on a Monday night. They've played better at home. You know, they're 3-0 already at home. Big wins against the Bears, Vikings, and, and Bills. And uh, they covered in two of them. Um, but I just don't see how San Francisco has any pieces left offensively. They, you know, they, they're out the number one right receiver. They're out the number one quarterback. They're out one of their best running backs. And uh, that defense has been taken advantage of. And, you know, the Packers are probably going to be a little pissed off after uh, missing five field goals last week in Detroit. So I think I'd take the Packers if I had to take anybody in that game. Um, all right. So the closest lines, we have Washington one-point favorites over Carolina. We have – oh, and, and Houston's also a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Buffalo. I forgot that in the big line section. Uh, Cleveland one-point uh, um, um, underdogs to the Chargers, and that's it. Let's zone in on Cleveland for a second. Cleveland and Chargers. Cleveland is 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Chargers are 3-2. and two. Cleveland's clearly played better ever since Baker Mayfield take over, took over. What, what, what do you make of them as a team, as a game, fantasy betting, all that good stuff? Uh, it's going to be a weird game. You know, in, uh, L.A. is one of those teams that every time they, they suck you in, you get disappointed by them. And... Uh, they are one of those teams that when they go on the road, it's really tough to gauge how they're going to perform. And Phil Rivers is having a great start to his year, but Cleveland's defense is not that bad. You know, they do have the knack for creating turnovers. They've been getting after the quarterback. They've held 
the Steelers and the Ravens, divisional opponents to under 15 points. They held the Jets to 17 at home. Um, you know, they, they play good at home, and, you know, that's a different energy, I think, now that they've ever experienced there, especially for the guys on the team. You know, they don't know necessarily all the losing guys like Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, you know, those guys that, that you know, they don't know that that place has been terrible for so long. They're experiencing some good things right now. So, you know, it's a sneaky line because, you know, I don't know if that game was played in L.A., what that line would be. Probably like four or five in favor of the Chargers. But, you know, if you're feeling feeling good about yourself, you know, I, I think I'd ride with the Browns in this game just because of the energy that they've been producing. They've been able to stay in games. You know, the field goal kicking is kind of crappy and does worry me a little bit if, you know, it's a tie game and, there's no time left on the clock and you need a game-winning field goal. But, you know, Cleveland is, is good at home, and uh, they are 4-1, and one, I think, against the spread this year already. So, you know, if you're feeling good about yourself, stay Cleveland. But I think I can stay away from that game in general because I just can't figure out what I'm going to get from the Chargers. All right, so let's uh, go through now as we near the end of this radio podcast, kind of the breakdown here. Your favorite games this weekend from a betting standpoint and the games you want to avoid? Uh, I do like Jacksonville series this week. You know, they got their butts kicked in Kansas City. Played for a terrible game. He's kind of done a one good, one bad type of uh, pattern so far this year. You know, that defense is going to be mad. They love a lot of points. But I think they'll be able to contain the Dallas offense, you know, to where they can dictate the game. They weren't able to do that last week in Kansas City. They're getting three right now on the road. I do like Jacksonville in that game. Um, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh is another one that intrigues me. You know, Pittsburgh had a big win at home against the Falcons last week, but Cincinnati has been playing pretty well. They usually are tight games, divisional games. It's a two-and-a-half-point spread right now. I could see that coming down a little bit as the week goes on, too. Giving a little more value with the Bengals, but I do like Cincinnati this week, too. And as far as my third game, you know, it's tough. You know, I don't like a lot of the games this week, but I have a, a hunch this week for some reason with the Falcons. They've just endured a, a lot of injuries, a lot of bad luck, a lot of close losses. They're at home. You know, the offense wasn't clicking last week, but they've been clicking at home. And Tampa Bay is one of the worst passing defenses in the league. You know, it's one of those games where I think that Tampa gets up by, you know, 10 or 13 points and, Tampa Bay tries to force it a little bit to try to get back into the game. So I do think Atlanta would be a pretty good play this week. Three and a half point favorites right now. Game to avoid. You know, we talked about the Giants-Philly game. You know, I definitely would stay away from that. Uh, Trying to think now off the top of my head some other games. The Jets-Indy game, kind of too close too for me to call. I don't know which way I'd lean there. I think you can find some other games that you can find value in. I don't know. The Jets do play better at home, but Indy's been kind of a, a ragtag bunch this year, and they do stay within games. And, and you know, they got blown out against New England, but they always do. So um, <laughs> you know, that, that's the game I think I stay away from as well. And then uh, what, what other games we got? I can't even think of them off the top of my head. Uh, I, the, the, that's actually the point. If you can't think of them off the top of, 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 of your head, then, then they're clearly not good enough for, for, uh, for people to bet on. So let's look I at think, the... Uh, another one I'm thinking of, the Ravens and Titans. You know, yeah. Me last week, I took both teams. I thought Baltimore were going to Cleveland take care of business. I thought the Titans after a game against the, uh, the Eagles where they came back and won would have some mojo and some swag going into Buffalo. 
both like eggs, both didn't score over 13 points, and got the game that I could see Tennessee winning easily, but then I could also see Baltimore winning easily too if things go their way. So I'm staying away from that game. You know, I thought Baltimore, after the Pittsburgh games, was kind of ready to establish themselves as somebody that could be taken seriously in the AFC and the same with Tennessee. And they both just disappointed me, you know, tremendously with their efforts last week on the road. So um, that game is in Tennessee, but I'm staying away from both those teams because their offense, those quarterbacks consistently cannot string together four or five games where they have the best player on the field. We're talking fantasy and betting with Danny Flecker here on Teeing It Up. All right, you've touched on this somewhat already, but other fantasy guys you like this week who we haven't touched on? Yeah, so I think if you've got anybody in Kansas City or New England, you got to roll them out this week. I think that's going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be back and forth. So you have guys like James White, Sonny Michelle, Julian Edelman, um, Gronk. You know, those guys should have big games. Same thing with the Chiefs, you know. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, you know, I think those guys are going to have really, really good games. Um, you know, I mentioned Chris Thompson. He's, you know, been good for the Redskins, and I think that they can find some matchups with him uh, you know, in the passing game, um, you know, against Carolina. The Giants did a little bit with Barkley last week, so, you know, he presents a similar skill set out in the open field like that. Um, I, I think in the 50 game, too, you can find a lot of good value in people. Andy Dalton's been pretty solid this year. Tyler Boyd has been good. Um, CJ Uzma, if you're looking for a tight end, you know, some good shooter uh, uh, potential there. The uh, Steelers don't really play well against tight ends, and we've seen that last week. Austin Cooper had a big game against them, so uh, you can look to that game for some value. And then... Um, um, what else? You know, I think the Jets game and Indy game can provide some value. I think, you know, guys like Chester Rogers, who might be in the starting lineup again if uh, T.Y. Hilton is unable to go. I think Robbie Anderson, if you're able to buy low on him or pick him up off the waivers, I think it's a great matchup for him. You know, the, the Colts secondary is banged up big time. And, you know, Sam Darnold hasn't thrown a lot of deep balls this year to him, but when he has, he's connected, and they seem to have that type of chemistry going, even though, the Jets aren't taking big shots down the field. I think this is a game where they open it up a little bit. It's week six, and uh, Darnold should be still a little more comfortable about himself. He, uh, uh, he had a breakout week last week, uh, uh, Robbie Anderson did. Any fantasy guys you want to avoid, or is that it? I think if you're avoiding people, you probably are looking at, like, you know, those, uh, you know, anyone on the Bills or the Cardinals, the 49ers, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be going to Monday night with, like, Davian Bethard or Alfred Morris in your starting lineup if you don't have to. Um, you know, Green Bay defense, uh, I didn't mention them, but they could be some value for a streamer option this week. You know, against San Francisco at home, their defense has played much better than they have on the road. So, you know, there's somebody that I would look into if you, you could potentially pick them up. Um, but I, I think that's really it. I think that if you have, you know, their bye weeks are coming up. Uh, you know, we have two teams, I think, this week on buys again. So you, it, your roster is pretty much set for this week unless you find a diamond in the rough someplace. But... If you got your starters, you got to roll with them. And then if you find some ancillary pieces, like I mentioned, like the Green Bay defense or Wendell Smallwood or Corey Coleman or Robbie Anderson, you can pick them up and hope they have a big week for you. Danny, as always, thank you for your uh, stopping by and giving us the knowledge here on Teeing It Up. No problem, man. Have a good night. Thank you. And uh, all of you, have a good night. Enjoy it. Thanks.